The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin joins us from Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. And we look at the market. And before we started this program, Sue and I were talking about what's going to happen weather-wise. And we're going to dive into that here in just a moment. But no surprise, Sue, the weather, the prevent plant, the, the delay in planting that we're seeing continues to be a factor talked about around the water coolers, the corn planters, and everything else. Well, it does, and I think uh, the key here is, um, you know, there are some forecasts out there of 12, 12 and a half million acres of prevent plant this year. You know, Informa came out this week with 8 million acre estimate. Whatever the number really is, I think it's not going to, first off, we get the final planning report here at the end of the month, which is going to be a farce, because we all know it's not going to probably be accurate. And then it's going to be tweaked through July, August, through September, and October. And so it's almost like a moving target. And I think what we're going to have, my opinion is that we're going to see um, even perhaps very little corn acres moving over to soybeans. And I think soybeans themselves will not gain much in the way of um, uh you know, I think we could see some prevent planted acres in soybeans, too. So at the end of the day, I don't see an increase in bean acres this year. I think we end up actually maybe dialing it back a little bit or leaving it where the prospective planting was. I think it's going to be dialed backwards a little bit. But the weather this week has been good. And there's been many reports in the eastern Corn Belt where farmers are just mudding it in and even i hear that in iowa like in northwest iowa where it's been wet and even parts of southern iowa where farmers are just mudding it in getting the crop in to finish up um but even then you look at getting the side dressing on getting the um uh crop sprayed everything's running behind and way later than normal this is a year i believe that's going down in the record books and we'll be talking about it but i also believe that our um as the market has seen its first shift looking at trying to get the crops in and the lateness of the crop going in and so that ultimately leads you towards thinking about acres the next go around is going to then start to be the weather and how the yields are and if our weather thoughts are correct this warm dry hotter dry weather should overall stay with us in the midwest and then on through june on into july maybe mid-july we'll see if in time it pushes all the way into the end of july but by early august then this pattern shifts again and goes back to cold and wet. And it stays there in through September and into the fall. Farmers need to be very willing to get out there this fall. And also they need to be watching their drying costs for fall because uh, we've had a break in natural gas, a break in heating oil, crude oil prices have broken. We're going to need to be watching because some of that's a little seasonal. But I think this is a year where we're going to be seeing a lot of drying costs. 
So having said that, Sue, as we look ahead, I mean, obviously we don't have a lot of the crops in the ground yet, but looking ahead, should we be locking in some of those fuel prices before August gets here or September? Absolutely. I, I fully believe we should. And um, you'll want to keep an eye on it. Uh, a lot of times, you know, sometimes June, but a lot of times July has been the time you do it. Uh, but it, I'd be watching it now even and watching and seeing because we've had just like even on crude, we've had a $10 break. And natural gas is really getting quite cheap. So I certainly would be watching for these breaks in prices and talking to your suppliers to see where you're at because I have a feeling you're going to have drying costs this year. You and I were talking about this before we started the final bell, this, um, the fog amounts. And, you know, there's that old wives' tale, farmers' tale, however you want to call it, about the dense fog. And you look at it and you look out 90 days, it's either snow or rain. So everything that you've said about what August, September should be like is kind of following that pattern that we've seen of those spring fogs. I think so, too. You know, in Iowa, we've had some foggy mornings as well. Not so much this week, but maybe more last week. Um, we have turned more. You can just feel it in the air. It's more drier. But And I know our grass has been dry this morning and yesterday morning. Um, but, um, yeah, the, the, the forecast, we need to keep an eye on it. Uh, because here's the thing. These prevent plant acres, they're coming out of the key producing states you know iowa illinois indiana of course northwestern ohio's got some of it too near bowling green but but um you know minnesota um south dakota you know those are these are the prime producing states or area and those are big producing uh bushel per acre yield average yield um uh acres that we're losing and therefore that's going to weigh on our production estimates as we work it down, there is a potential that we could see uh, a carryout, a stocks to usage ratio that drops under 5%. Now, I think the old record was either 4.2 or 4.5% before. And so we could very well come down and either A, set a new record or else take a good look at the record. And that means that your carryouts are dropping dramatically and then we've got all this huge demand usage that cheap prices has created more hogs more pig or more hogs and pigs more poultry more cattle and then also the ethanol grind price is going to have to ration what we're coming down to and this could be a year where we just keep evolving you know like they say short crops have a long tail lots to think about stick around folks we've got more coming up we're gonna talk about a purchase made of some u.s beans as well stick around it's a fontanelle final bell on the rural radio network Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin joins us for part two. Let's talk 110,000 metric tons of beans. They went to Egypt. They kind of split between old and new crop. It's nice to be able to see a little bit of a blurb about what we're seeing export-wise because it's been pretty quiet. Well, well, it has. And our export sales this week were rather disappointing, especially for corn. They were very disappointing for corn. And when you look at the um, uh, trade negotiations, not so much the trade negotiations, but the tariff and the uh, negotiating that's going on with Mexico, because that's really not about trade, so to speak. It's just being dragged in a little bit. 
uh, almost like a little bit of blackmail, I would say. But um, we know that Mexico is the U.S.'s largest corn buyer. They are also probably our largest pork buyer. And so to see this, you know, situation, it causes concern in agriculture again. You know, what it really says is when you listen to all the issues over uh, China and the U.S. and and now Mexico again with the U.S., what it really speaks to is, is just how important the U.S. farmer really is because we're the ones taking the hits off of this, all this political uh, maneuvering and what have you. And uh, when you look at Mexico, you know, there's such a major market for U.S. raw materials. And, um, you know, they'll, they're setting, if anything's happening through all of these uh, talks and uh, negotiations, it's China cutting deals with all these different countries to maybe have their basket not with just one egg. And Mexico's going to do the same thing. You know, they imported um, uh, corn. And, in fact, uh, last year in 1718, Mexico imported 610 million bushels of corn from the U.S. Well, that was a record amount. And in 2018 alone, Mexico imported $1.4 billion worth of, uh, of total dairy trade. They accounted for 25%. And so they're a major, major market for U.S. raw materials. But the bottom line is, is that Mexico has made some agreements with Argentina and Brazil. And they, they sourced a, a trade yesterday with uh, Brazil. And, of course, they're also uh, looking at the Black Sea, where I think Mexico, since 2017, has started bringing in small amounts of wheat from the Black Sea. But that's, you know, also thought that they'll start working an import market with Europe. So I think, yeah, I mean, it's forcing them to also look outside the U.S. as well. So it's kind of a concern because it's like these good trading partners we're, you know, we're just seeing agriculture being the, the kind of the, the bargaining chip, so to speak, uh, to try to get what you want or you don't get what you want. You know, I think it's interesting, Sue, because I think most consumers don't understand the amount of product, both raw and finished, moves back and forth across that border with Mexico on a daily basis. I mean, I think of cattle and how many times from the moment that is a newborn calf until it is in a package to go to our grocery stores, how much movement, how much grain comes from Iowa and Nebraska to Mexico. There's a lot riding on these trade discussions. There is. And, of course, if they try to retaliate, it may just be that we don't get as many Mexican feeder cattle back up here. So in some ways for the uh, producer, the cattle producer, that might be a plus. But in the meantime, for the grain farmer uh, raising corn for feed, that's going to be a disappointment. So unless they, you know, continue to buy corn. Mexico might continue. They may not retaliate so much. I don't know if they've got a lot of room for retaliation uh, because, you know, we just dropped the uh, tariffs on uh, aluminum and steel and only to turn around now and have tariffs going back on all products so you know it's it's um these are interesting times and it's been years i think i know years since i can remember anything like this happening and um it's kind of like tariffs was a thing of the past and here we are it's a renewed item
Are we going to continue as we look at the feeder cattle to see the pressure and some triple-digit losses as we head into next week's marketing trade? Well, I kind of think we will. Um, the one thing that's bothering, even though today we had corn lower, um, the one thing that's been bothering the cattle market has been the price of corn going up. But in the meantime, I think that when you look at pastures, and this is maybe a good thing, when you look at pastures, they're in great shape. Um, I know down in through Kansas, Oklahoma, there's in the Flint Hills, they're loaded with cattle, but they've had good rains, and so their grasses are in great shape. And the same is true, except now we're starting to see some dryness up, up in Montana and North Dakota. And so that could cause, you know, some drying there where pastures may not be as good. But basically, I think that could, you know, the fact that in cattle country we've got so much rain and moisture. What's the best way for producers to get a hold of you, Sue? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051. And you all have a great weekend. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network. Susan Littlefield and the Fontenelle Final Bell catch the air every day starting at 217 at 880 KRVN. If you miss a Fontenelle Final Bell, go to krvn.com and click on the podcast tab. We podcast that every day so you can listen to it on your time. Of course, it happens after the markets in their day trade, so that way all the information is relevant and can help you in your marketing decisions throughout the afternoon and early evening. Hey, while you're at krvn.com, stop on by our news tab as well. See what Bryce Duskett thinks of the Impossible Burger. Now, that's the uh, they call it a burger. I have the air quotes going up and around it. But uh, Alex Wojcicki giving Bryce both a real hamburger and this fake uh, soy protein uh, pressed into a patty, I guess you might say, and Bryce's taste buds quickly detect out which is which. So go on over, give that a try. It is this week's Friday Five. That's all available at krvn.com. 2.32 and just right at close to 83 degrees outside. Glad to have this warm weather, but a cool down coming around. We'll check in on that on our next weather update. But first, we've got Fox Business News. Follow that up with auction time. That's all ahead here on 880 KRVN.